Thank you for downloading the Bangla Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan, and in this episode, we'll be talking about Zimbabwe's tour of Bangladesh, and we have a new one-day international captain. Joining me to talk about all of this is Tawhid Qureshi from the Sight Screen Cricket Journal website and podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Roshan. Yeah, great to be back on. Let's start with the Zimbabwe tour then. So Zimbabwe played a single test, three one-day internationals and two 2020s, with Bangladesh winning basically every match fairly convincingly, uh, with the exception of maybe the second one-day international, which was a a close match winning by four runs. But, um, I mean, through the series, very convincing, an innings and 106 runs in the test, and then there were big wins of 169 and 123 runs in the one-day internationals, and then a nine-wicket win in the second T20. So... Um, on on paper, a very convincing performance by Bangladesh, a very professional one. Good result for Bangladesh. Yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, you know, just winning a clean sweep of six games in a row across all the formats, across the three different formats, not to be sniffed at. Um, of course, you know, the critics out there will probably kind of say that um, you know it's only Zimbabwe, so. I think it was a really important series from the point of view of just getting some wins under the belt, um, restoring confidence, which is such an important part of any cricket team's uh, makeup. So just restoring some confidence to the to the players and the team. And also, I think what it did actually was restore that kind of feel-good factor around the team. And, you know, also getting the fans kind of behind the team is, is such an important thing as well. So, yeah, obviously, it was only Zimbabwe. People are always going to use that as a caveat, I suppose. But as a cricket player, as a team, you can only beat what's in front of you. And, you know, winning is such an important thing. It's such such an important thing to get into the habit of doing. So from that point of view, you know, Bangladesh couldn't have done any more. Than, you know, as you said, they won all of their games uh, bar one convincingly. And actually, they, they won them also with, with a fair amount of style. So as far as I'm concerned, a big, a big tick. But yeah, certainly stiffer challenges uh, going forward. I mean, I, I sadly, because I love Zimbabwe as a team and I, and I know fans of the team, they've sort of fallen off the radar. And during the series, I sort of worried that the gulf had become so big that maybe the Bangladesh players weren't being tested enough and you know let's be honest they do have some good players that you know they, they do have people who can bat they do have people like Sikandar Raza who, who are, you know have a really good relationship with uh, Bangladesh but yeah I don't know I, there are things that happen during the series which I want to think are a sign of good things to come but I can't be sure and I'll give you the top example Litton Das has been fantastic through the series he like particularly the one day series fantastic 311 runs uh, across the three matches and he's now going to go into you know the the the, the kind of third leg of the Pakistan series as probably the preferred opener in the team, but again we do know how inconsistent he can be and we know how how he can sort of have a few brilliant days and then sort of drop back and so do I want him to now become the opener who takes this form into the rest of the, the, the year? Yes. Do I think it can happen? I know that there's a big uncertainty for me. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with it, with the gist of that. I think yeah, consistency is certainly the key for a lot of the younger players. Litton Das being one of them. But in terms of one of the big pluses of the series, I definitely say he is you know probably the biggest plus of the of the series. You know, hugely talented, uh, naturally gifted kind of left hander um, who's, who's kind of been in and around the team 
for for a good couple of years now. But I think what he he kind of demonstrated during the series, and I think, well, I know he's been working very closely and very hard with the the batting coach there, Neil McKenzie, and really to try to get him to kind of understand his own game a lot better. And I think through all of his innings, that was quite apparent. Um, and one of the key things to that is is actually kind of playing within himself a little bit. So actually restricting his stroke play to an extent, leaving the little kind of cute ramps and uh, flicks and everything else in, in the locker for, for, you know, when he's got to 50 or 60 runs. So, it was quite an impressive uh, series from that point of view. I think he he's shown kind of maturity. He's shown that he can he can build innings, you know. So yeah, he's a big plus. He was definitely a big plus for me. And yeah, like you say, I guess time will tell. I think the key thing, obviously, is is kind of patience. Um, patience from the point of view of the selectors to to actually um, you know stick with him and stick with players who who do go through peaks and troughs as you will as any young player does really yeah you're right because i think him and shumor uh, uh and a, a number of others like that kind of who's going to open the tummy in question has never really truly been answered for us it's always kind of rotated depending on who who's in form and i know there was a, a debate i read an article about how shumor sharker was sort of being shoehorned into the team in different positions just to keep him in it so I, i'm sure those debates will sort of rumble on but yeah it was good to see him you know play so well and actually i'd be unfair to take away from the batsman who top scored in both the one day and the 2020 series so as cynical as i want to be about the opponent it was fantastic to see Leon Dars back in form back in touch and i hope he does carry it through. Also, great to see Shiverden back in the team because um, well, it, it, I, think, I think he was injured. I think this was his first time back in the squad, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. He's he's certainly had some uh, injury issues kind of over over the last few months. Actually, I don't think I don't remember him featuring at all in the BPL. In fact, I did see him. Uh, I was at the BPL back in kind of December time at Mirpur and I remember sort of seeing him just on the sidelines but not actually taking any active part. So, so yeah, he's been on the fringes for a little while. Again, yeah, as we know, someone who's kind of hugely talented and, you know, potentially can uh, maybe turn into a real kind of top top rated all round yeah because he, he was really exciting at the cricket world cup i remember like he, he was taking the wickets where we needed wickets being taken and it was actually really really exciting to see a, a kind of a guy who was at, at the time last summer being touted as the long-term replacement for mashrafi mortarza so it, it's been a loss without him with him, with him being out so really really good to see him well firstly back in the team and also in amongst the wickets also, it's very exciting to see um, Hassan Mahmoud get a go. I know he didn't get a wicket. In, uh, he played in the second 2020, but he, he was someone who was getting talked about a lot uh, in well during the BPL. So, kind of feel quite excited about uh, our sort of fast bowlers and our medium fast bowlers uh, going into in, into this year. Yeah, it's a good point. I, again, yeah, I saw a bit of him um, at the BPL as well. And again, you know, quite a young kid. Definitely got lots of talent. Um, you know, got good pace. He's got decent control as well. Um, so yeah, again, one one for the future. And yeah, it's interesting what you say about the sort of crop of fast bowlers or you know 
pace bowlers that that are out there at the moment. I actually I'm I'm kind of quite encouraged by it. Um, you look at the Red Bull uh, group of players in in tests of late. Um, yeah, obviously results certainly haven't gone Bangladesh's way, but most of that has actually been down to sort of the batsmen not really performing. A lot of the, the bowling has actually been of a, of a decent standard. I was over, I was in Calcutta, Calcutta back in December for the second test against India. Again, you know, the Bangladesh batsmen just didn't turn up; they went missing. But actually, the bowlers um, in the one innings that that uh, you know, India did bat in actually did a decent job. You know, they took. I think it was the last seven wickets went fell for about hundred runs. Um, so from that point of view, you know, the, 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 the fast bowling unit is kind of showing signs, encouraging signs, I'd show, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. So the other big news that came out of these involvements here was uh, an end of an era with Mashrafi Mortaza deciding to step down as captain of the one day side. Um, it felt sad, if I'm honest. Like, I know we all sort of expected it. I, I watched him trudge off the field uh, batting against Pakistan at Lords, and I thought it was the last time we were going to see him and actually felt quite emotional watching him him sort of go back but then there became a slightly bizarre waiting game where he hadn't announced a retirement and he still hasn't announced a retirement he's just stepped down as captain and the board weren't entirely sure of when he was going to go and then there were hints about just organising a special one-off match for him and there was a back and forth and back and forth and then he announced uh, on the eve of the third one-day international that he would be stepping down as captain. So end of an era, and what a legacy he leaves behind. Yeah, I think it was sad as well. Just uh, I was at that game again against Pakistan as well, and yeah, certainly I felt at that time, you know, as well, it was the end of an era there. But as you say, we, we've waited all this time. Um, he stepped down as captain, and. Yeah, and he he definitely got the send off he deserved in that third ODI uh, in Silla against Zimbabwe. Um, you know, being carried off the field on the shoulders of uh, of Tamim, as you say, he's done so much for Bangladesh cricket in his uh, during his tenure as captain. Um, you know, got them really to play so much more as a unit than they ever have done before. I think his man management skills are really quite unparalleled, certainly uh, in the history of uh, Bangladesh, previous Bangladesh captains. Absolutely. There's a thing that all the players talk about, and it's that they all want to play for him. And there's a, a real convincing conviction when he sort of tells the team, I think we can win this. You know, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. I think if you believe your captain and go, actually, yeah, no, we could beat this India side or we could beat this Australia side or we could beat this Pakistan, and you go out there and you play for your captain, I mean, that that's a very difficult sort of... Uh, not a very difficult, it's a very inspirational and rare kind of uh, a position to be in your team. It sort of reminds me of the kind of Roy Keane in 98-99 with the Man United team, sort of, you know, real kind of take the game by the scruff in the neck and inspire everyone around you. It, it's it's a textbook captain, but not textbook, because calling him a textbook captain is almost insulting. It's the dream captain, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being an inspirational, charismatic leader is, you know, such a, such a difficult... Well, it's so difficult to find those sorts of characters within uh, cricket teams. And, and actually, what I would say, just kind of broadening things out, I think, 
you know, you look at Bangladesh cricket in general, maybe Bangladesh as a nation in general, seem to lack real true leadership and, you know, inspirational, charismatic figures. And I think he actually kind of stepped into that vacuum in many ways, which is why I think so many cricket fans and supporters, so many Bangladesh supporters absolutely love him for that very reason, for, like you say, being quite a humble guy as well. Um, but at the same time, really bringing out the best of of all of the players in the team and also being able to handle some of the egos, you know, some of the, the egos uh, within the dressing room. Let's face it, there's there's quite a few kind of big superstar names within that team now, guys who have played, you know, for a decade or long. So, so managing them itself, uh, in itself is quite a difficult job, but but one that he, he totally proved up to. And so his replacement, Tommy McBall, would you say the right person for the job? Because there was some debate in the BCB. I think it's 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 been reported that Marmadullah was considered, Mushfik was considered, um, and they settled with Tamim, which I guess when you look at you know the number of caps he has and the experience he has, uh, and the fact he's been vice captain previously, he he feels both the right person for the job, but also maybe a safe option for the job. Um, and then there's also questions about is he definitely the long term person? Because usually you know you might pick a captain going, well, well, let's look forward to the World Cup in three years from now. Have they done that? Is he a long-term option? Is he the right option? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question and um, one I will, will answer. But in, in some ways, it's almost a little bit of an irrelevance, I would say, at the moment. Because if you look at, like, like you say, uh, the whole point of one-day cricket is to really build towards World Cups. So, as you say, the next World Cup is not going to happen for almost three, four years. Before that, there's a huge amount of important cricket in terms of priorities. So, really, the top priority at the moment should be T20s. We've got the T20 World Cup coming up uh, later on in the year uh, in Australia. And then by a weird quirk, of ICC scheduling, which I totally don't understand. (laughs) There's another one. There's another T20 World Cup hot on the hills at the end of 21. So really before any ODI, serious ODI cricket or serious ODI planning takes place, those, those events should be the priority. And also I would say an even higher priority than that. To go back to your actual question, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think Tamim, by virtue of being uh, the most, uh, well, just by scoring the most amount of runs for Bangladesh and ODIs, you know, he's leading by example in that sense. Um, He's also, you know, just by virtue of being so experienced, being in the team for sort of over a decade, sort of 10, 15 years at playing at the top level. He's experienced every kind of uh, match situation, pressure situation. So from that point of view, yeah, a good fit for the team. In other ways, if you're looking at the the cons rather than the pros, in other ways, I've always kind of um, thought of him as a bit of an insular figure, certainly on the field when they're fielding, um, I, I think he's always he doesn't exactly like to be in the thick of it in terms of making key decisions and choices. Well, he ga- he gave up the captaincy, his captaincy during the BPL team rule Kai's. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it, it, you know, and and that that's not. I mean, it's fine to go. Actually, uh, you know, I don't want the the, the pressure. And I want to focus on my performance. I think that there's no there's no shame in that. There's no harm in that. And I think that takes a lot of maturity to do. But having that in your history or having that being something that people are tweeting about or mentioning in articles, it, it's it's not what 
what you want. It's not. It doesn't instill confidence. It, it can be quite undermining, actually, if anything. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, in general, you know, I wouldn't say he's had a, a massive long run in in terms of captaincy or leadership, either at domestic level or national level. I think, yeah, like you say, he's had a go at the ODI captaincy. I think most recently was during that, um, again, kind of strangely scheduled Sri Lanka series um, sort of uh, at the end of last summer. So he has had some captaincy captaincy experience, but for me, he doesn't strike me as being the most natural leader. Um, I'm not sure if he's kind of the person that, can inspire others um but at the same time you know let's give him let's give him a, a go let's give him give him some time again it's that key word about being patient i think the way that i would look at it if i were the bcb was to yeah give him the captaincy for a year or two as i say during this period where odi cricket you know it doesn't really have as much importance or as relevance as it will as it will do um you know, from sort of the end of 2021 onwards. Yeah, and actually, to be fair, he doesn't have a lot of cricket to play. He's got that one match against Pakistan, and then I think the next ODI is not till mid-May when they play Ireland. So not a lot of captaincy to actually carry out, if I'm honest. And the BCB has sort of been not 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 non-committal. It's unfair to say that, but they've sort of gone, oh, you know, he's a long-term pick, but also haven't really specified how long. They've not gone, here's our captain for the next World Cup, or here's our next cap- captain for the next year. And so... Part of me also wonders whether they are just waiting for Shakib to come back and then make another decision. Yeah, possibly, very possibly. I mean, part of me that I, you know, I'm not surprised by the BCB sort of being quite non-committal. A lot of the time, to me, I'm not sure that they have a long-term plan. Let's let's be absolutely honest. Um, I think they see things very much kind of from on a series to series basis. Um, and yeah, like you say as well, there's there's a whole uh, Shakib element to, to sort of throw back into the mix. But as I say, I think what is of interest within you know the white ball squad, you know, you've now got two different captains, both at T20, so we know is Mamadou Riyad is the T20 captain. So you know, there's that kind of interesting dynamic now developing between those two teams, and whether or not. That's a good thing, you know, time will tell. So let's look ahead then for what's next with Bangladesh. Uh, They've got the third leg of their tour of Pakistan, a single one-day international and the second test match. Uh, Then looking slightly more ahead, Ireland, uh, in Ireland, but also in England, which is uh, good news for both you and I, actually. And then recently announced Australia will tour Bangladesh for a couple of test matches in June. So suddenly from a fairly empty-ish calendar, it's now looking quite packed between now and the summer. what do Bangladesh hope to achieve from these matches? What do they take from the Zimbabwe series? You know, let, 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 I mean, let's start with what's what's coming up soonest, and 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 the, and the second test in Pakistan. It's got it can only get better, surely. Yeah, you would hope so. And I mean, yeah, like you say, I'm I'm just staggered at that. It's not. It doesn't really feel like a tour, does it? It feels like a mini series, like a a Netflix box set that just keeps. Well, it well, it feels like three weekends away. Like it's it's not felt like a tour at all. It's so bizarre from not wanting to tour to tour at all to to three separate ones. Like yeah, it's it's the most bizarre thing I get I've ever come across. Yeah, looking at that one, uh, well, the second test. Yeah, vitally important. Bangladesh performed well and and 
okay it's i think the the thing that's most disappointed in in kind of recent tests uh if you know you take the if you don't look at the zimbabwe test is that the way they've performed they haven't really put up much of a fight against india or pakistan or indeed afghanistan going back further than that so i think one vital thing is to be competitive and i think uh you know beating zimbabwe by an innings and plenty should uh, provide a lot of confidence mushafiq you know hit that double century uh, a lot of the other batsmen also contributed with runs. So hopefully, you know, they're feeling in a positive frame of mind. But it's not going to be easy because, you know, we saw what Pakistan did in that first test. They've got a fantastic group of um, a fantastic bowling attack, primarily, you know, led by Mohammed Abbas, who's now becoming, you know, the real sort of leader of that unit. And then, you know, they all kind of complement one another. They've got fantastic support in uh, the youngsters there, Shaheen Chafridi, and also the you know the 16-year-old who, who kind of took that hat-trick as well in the first test. So it's not going to be easy, but you would hope that the Bangladesh batsmen kind of look at some of those mistakes, look at the errors uh, from the first test, and also take confidence uh, from that game against Zimbabwe and, and take that into that game. Yeah, and they've got the habit of winning. And sometimes with the Bangladesh team, I always feel it's a habit of winning. It's being in those winning positions. It's dealing with those tricky periods of play. And and, and it's those things that come from a habit, which hopefully you hope will be fresh in their minds off the back of the Zimbabwe series, making carry it forward into the Pakistan one. Um, and then looking forward to uh, the Ireland series with the T20s now being played in England, which uh, which is good news because um, I think after the World Cup, I felt a bit sad. I was like, well, that's it for now. Like, 10 years probably until the next time England tour but we've uh, we've been gifted a, a surprise series in the form of a I think a week long T20 series four 2020 internationals between Ireland and Bangladesh which will be great I think that's just really really fun for Bangladesh fans again just a, it's, it's surprise cricket yeah no it's brilliant I think it's it's kind of real kind of forward thinking from the Ireland Cricket Board and and indeed the ECB um, in kind of facilitating the hosting of those games on on neutral kind of England venues. So, yeah, fantastic from them. And actually, let's give credit to the BCB as well. Absolutely, yeah. Agreeing to that as well. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. As you say, prior to that, there are these free ODIs taking place actually in Belfast. Um, I'm hoping to kind of head over to those, hoping the weather will be a bit more hospitable than it was Last time, which was pretty much the same time in May, it was absolutely <laughs> freezing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly go over better prepared. But, yeah, in terms of planning, planning for the T20 World Cup, I think those games, you know, will will kind of stand Bangladesh in good stead. Obviously, the, the English wickets they're playing on, not exactly going to be the same as the, the Aussie wickets that they'll encounter, but certainly just when it comes to facing kind of swinging, uh, seeming pitches, um, that time of the summer, sort of May time in summer, you, uh, in the English summer, you're going to expect some very green seeming wickets. So hopefully that will, um, you know, be a good development opportunity, if nothing else, for those batsmen. Really exciting times ahead, and I'm glad we've got a full calendar lined up till the summer. Tawhid, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a really fun chatting to you. Thank you, Roshan. Just before I go, I can't say goodbye without wishing you 
all the best. I know you've got a big day coming up in a in a couple of weeks' time, a big life event. So <laughs> uh, huge congratulations in advance to you and your other half, and uh, hope that big day goes really well for you. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, well, my, I'm from Tisigon. My other half's family is from Sillet, so I'm going to use that as an excuse to go and have a look at the uh, the Sillet International Stadium, which you've, you've spoken so highly of. So I'm looking forward to absolutely <laughs> trying to get down to there. And, and Tower, if people want more from you, um, where can they find you? Sure, yeah. So I've got my website now up and running. So that's called uh, sightscreencricketjournal.com. So kind of posting various articles up on that. And also I have dipped a toe into the world of Twitter. So my Twitter handle is sightscreencj. Uh, um, and yeah, always keen for people to uh, increase my embarrassingly low following at the moment. Well, I'm glad you ventured into Twitter, and, and like, yeah, I'm happy to vouch you write some genuinely fascinating, insightful pieces. So yeah, definitely go and have a look. Thank you so much for joining me. And if there is anything you'd like us to speak about on this podcast, send us an email podcast at bungalowcricket.co.uk, and we'll speak to you very soon.